Hi guys, welcome to POV My Therapist, the podcast where I vent, you listen, and you do not get paid so kind. Um, first of all, it is hot in the state of Hiorha. It is so hot outside. Um, it's been like this heat wave for like the past couple days, and then now to make it worse, now there's a storm. So you're probably gonna hear that throughout this episode. Also, the storm is causing my little dog to panic. So she's outside of the door. She should be with my mummy, but she likes to like. I don't know what she wants me to do about the storm. Like, that's the thing. Like, she comes up here, and I'm like, do you want to sit next to me? And then she sits next to me for two seconds, and then, like, she gets disturbed, and then she starts walking around, and she's looking at me like, go turn it off. And I'm like, girl, I can't. Like, why don't you understand this concept by the, by now? So she's probably going to bang against the door a couple times. If you hear that, that's what it is. There's a storm outside, so... Yeah. Um, honestly, I finished my makeup like two hours ago, but a family friend dropped by with her baby that I haven't seen yet. So that, that I spent two hours with the baby. But um, literally by the time that was over, I was this close, this close. And for the people listening, my fingers are pinching together. That's how close they are to literally just wiping my makeup off and getting back into bed and finishing the work that I had to do today that I couldn't get done because the heat um, caused a Wi-Fi outage. Yay. So that's been going on today. So I have a lot of work to do. I have a, I have a lot to do. Am I stressed? Yes, I am. What made you ask that? I'm very stressed. Am I thinking about it? No. Today's problems are tomorrow's problems because I'm not thinking about today's problems. They're for me to think about tomorrow. (laughs) Not my problem. So I'm just going to try to get through this podcast flawlessly, seamlessly, burped, without a hitch, okay? So this week we're doing a Q&A, very excited. I had you guys send in some questions on Instagram. And a lot of you asked for an eyeliner tutorial that I filmed today, but I didn't like how it looks, so you're not going to get it. <laughs> um, I really, like, need to just suck it up and go full beauty YouTuber and just, like, have a setup where I film, like, a beauty tutorial, like, a wig tutorial, all of that with this camera that I'm working with instead of trying to do it on my phone in my bathroom, which every time I do is a complete and utter failure, but I know that already and I don't know why I keep doing it. <sighs> Okay, so I'm um, gonna start off with, there was a question that I really liked, um, and like honestly at first I was like, oh that's such a boring question, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what, no that's not a boring question, that's actually a great question. Somebody asked, what would you do if your crush was also your neighbor? On the surface, might seem like a boring question, like what do you mean what would I do if my crush was my neighbor? Um, but then the more I got to thinking about it and I really got like into it. Earlier today, I was on FaceTime with my best friend and I was telling her how this weekend I may see my crush, but I don't know yet. And I asked her, I was like, you think I should shave my coochie? <laughs> I said, like, do you think I should shave my coochie? And she was like, oh my God, you're feral. Cause like, I'm never like this. I am never like this. I literally was like, bitch when I go to this thing that I, oh my God, I'm about to sound like a hussy. I don't care. Um, so I'm asking my crush this weekend and I was like, should I shave my coochie and should I wear clothes that you can slip to the side? You know what I'm saying? Like sundress season, you know what I'm saying? Um, she was like, one, you're feral. Um, <laughs> like 
like it was giving ovulation. Um, yeah. So I was like, she was like, honestly, you would rather be prepared than not be prepared, you know? And I was like, that's so true because <laughs> do I want to say this? I don't care. No, I'm not going to say it. Um, anyways, yeah. So she was like, you'd rather be prepared and then not prepared. So it's like, period, period, you're right. So what would I do if my crush was my neighbor? If my crush was my neighbor, I would behave like a hedonistic hussy, okay? First of all, this whole, I would tell my crush that he's my crush, number one. I would be like, I like you, you know? Yeah. And then um, I'd be like, you should come over sometime. Because we don't mince words here. But it depends on, like, what kind of crush it is. Like, is it, like, an emotional crush? Like, you want to actually, like, get to know them? Or, like, do you want to get into their pants? Because if that was the case, we got to go the hedonistic hussy route. Okay? And the hedonistic hussy, I don't know if y'all started watching Love Island, but it's um, Ek and Sue. Okay? Hedonistic hussy. Um, basically, shh. You do what you gotta do to get your man, okay? If my crush was my neighbor, let me tell you something. We would be hunching, hunching, morning, day, and night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What you mean? We're hunching, okay? Acting inappropriately, being naughty, your place or mine, doesn't matter, you're my neighbor. Like, I feel like I would just, I would literally just put it all on the table. Yeah. Um... I literally would be like, um, I like you. I think you should come over sometime. Here's my number. Period. Be a hedonistic hussy. But yeah. So the second question was, is what? The second question is, was school hard for you? And then they said, I love you. I love you too. School. Yes. I would say school was hard for me. Um, elementary school, difficult, (laughs) middle school, difficult. Um, I think like there's two aspects of school, the social aspect and the educational aspect. The educational aspect for me was hard all throughout school. Um, I, when I was in middle school, I really struggled when I was in high school. I did better, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like excelling by any means. Like I tried to take like, um, advanced classes and I always got myself in trouble by doing that. So, but I maintain like a steady, like I want to say like a 3.4 GPA. So I was okay in high school, middle school. No, I don't remember grade school. Like who does? Um, in college I did great until like, in college, like, it was very much, I very much decided how well I was going to do, you know? Like, I figured out, like, the way my school worked, it was an art school, so you took a lot of art classes, and I figured out that the classes that didn't matter, if I started off the class, like a sketch class, right? If I started off doing my absolute worst, zero effort, no trying whatsoever, I basically set myself up for success. I would purposefully draw horrible pictures, like a lot of effort to look bad, but it would be like zero effort because I actually knew how to draw. And then as the year would go on, I would progress. So to be like half of my ability, my real ability so that I could get an A and not try my hardest and not have to put a lot of effort. That was my hack to classes um, like art classes like that. And then like history classes that you had to remember a lot of information did those online so I could cheat 
And then um, my film classes, I put a lot of effort into those. And basically, like, I, like, I divided my energy, like, very well. Like, I was very aware of that. So I did pretty great in college. I did really good in college. Um, I didn't, like, go come loud or whatever. But, um, yeah, I did good. I did good. Uh, so school was good for me in college. Like, the educational aspect of it, yeah, the academics of it was, like, it got better. The social aspect... Um, middle school was hard. I've talked about this before. I was the only black kid in an all-white school. A lot of, like, social dynamics that just were not working in my favor, and I was fat, so there's that. Um, grade school, don't remember it. Grade school, like, I mean, like, preschool and, like, one through, like, I don't know, like, four. Don't remember that. High school was decent. Like, I had, I wasn't popular, but, like, I had friends. That was nice. Um, college, I had friends. I skipped, like, friend groups and, like, I never really found people that, like, I clicked with, like, like, on that deep emotional level, but also I was emotionally unavailable, so that was never going to happen in the first place, period. So, the social aspect was, like, you know, iffy at best, um, but yeah, so I guess school was good and bad. So, somebody said, somebody else asked, what are you most excited about right now? Right now, I think I'm most excited about this weekend. This weekend, I'm, my friend is coming down from New York, and I haven't seen her, oh, since February, I was going to say I haven't seen her in six years. Um, In February, I saw her. It'd been six years since I saw her. But she's coming down, um, and I'm so excited to be with her and, like, to hug her and, like, to hold her hand. Because, like, I feel like she's the only person that, like, entertains my, like, super affectionate side. So I'm really excited to be with her and to have a lot of fun this weekend. And, yeah, like, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I'm excited to wear cute outfits and looking cute. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, someone else said, what's your getting routine? What What is your getting ready routine for a date? Stress. I don't have like a flawless get ready routine for a date. I used to do the whole nine yards, girl. Used to shave the legs, shave the coochie, shave the butthole, okay? Shave it all. Shave it all. Not an ounce of hair on this body, okay? Um, Do the makeup uh, like fully to the T, okay? Um, But as I've like gotten older... And, like, I'm dating with more intention. I don't do the whole shaving thing anymore. I don't do it. I don't shave the coochie. Don't shave the butthole. Don't shave the... I barely shave the legs. I will more likely shave legs out. Legs out. I will more likely shave my legs for a girl's night out or, like, a night out with friends than I will for a date. And it's not because I'm being, like, oh, you're going to love me at, at my best and my worst. It's just, um, I know it, so subconsciously I'm like, don't fuck him. Because that's a problem for me. <laughs> the not fucking on the first day is really a tricky obstacle I have yet to get over. I'm working on it, but for some reason I like to be a hussy. On the first day I meet somebody, and God forbid if they're charming, hedonistic hussy. <laughs> okay, that's going to be <laughs> the name of this episode, a happy hedonistic hussy. Okay, so... Yeah, um, yeah, I really struggle with that one. So I try to, um, you know, make sure that I'm not going to put myself in a position where I don't 
actually get to know the person and I'm thinking about what's in their drawers. You know what I'm saying? But I still do the whole face, beat, hair, late outfit. My outfits have never been better, girl. Um, and now I actually wear heels and stuff and like I incorporate heels into heels into my everyday. So when I go on dates, like I look good, like I look fine, like she's sexy, you know what I'm saying? But honestly, my getting ready for a date routine is not that much different than getting ready for a girls' night out routine or a night out with friends. So yeah, that's where we at. Um, so this person also asked, What is the craziest thing a white guy has ever said to you on a date? So, I wouldn't really say this was a date, because, like, I've, I've, I've honestly, like, never, uh, I've had, like, a couple bad dates, but, like, but, I would, they weren't bad dates because the guy said something, like, off kilter. I think, like, the worst thing, like, a guy has ever said to me on a date was that I made him too nervous to eat, which I was just, like, I hated that. I hated that. And I knew, I knew he wasn't trying to be charming and I knew he meant it because he literally didn't eat and he was so fucking anxious. And me, I ate, I ate because <laughs> I was fucking hungry. And I, I was like, I don't really give a shit like that. But that turned me off so bad because I was just like, mm, you pussy. Like, I want a guy to make me so nervous. I can't eat. Why can't you eat? Eat, bitch. Like... We both, like, if it's going to be like that, we both need to be too nervous to eat. Like, so, like, that was just, like, I was just, like, not into it. I was just not into him. I never hit him up after that. But, like, I just have have had, like, a bunch of, like, dates that just didn't go anywhere. But I will say, the worst thing that a white man has ever said to me who I was involved with actually happened pretty recently. Because every once in a while, and I talked about this before, well, not really. But every once in a while, I go through my block list and I remove people from my block list. Because I'm like, now that like my platform's getting bigger, I don't want you to have the clout of being able to say that I'm blocked by a divine. I don't want you to have that. And God forbid I, I like blow up overnight on some Emma Chamberlain shit. I really don't want you to have that. And then I forget to unblock you. No. So I don't I don't block nobody. Like unless like you a troll. Like you unless you a troll up. Men I know in my personal life, I'm not blocking you, bitch. You finna see all the good things that happen in my life. And you're never going to be able to say, if you were to be like, oh yeah, me and Divine, like we had a thing. She blocked me. No, she didn't. Prove it, ugly. Anyways, so I unblocked this guy. I unblocked him. And like, he, a couple days went by, he sends me a text talking about, oh, you unblocked me. We should try again. I was like... Mm, bored. So he, this, this white man asked me if, you know, I want to try again. I'm bored. I say yes. You know, it was a dry spill. It's still a dry spill. So I'm bored. I say yes. Girl. He, after he tells me he misses me, he proceeds to say, yeah, I still watch the videos you sent me. Mind you, we fell out a year ago. So you kept my nudes and my nasty videos for a year? And you were watching them knowing that we were on bad terms with each other? That was disgusting. And I was like, no, like, fuck you. I don't like you. (laughs) Like, that, 
Like, I, you know, like, sometimes things happen, and it's just, like, if you think about it too much, you're just going to feel ultra-violated. So, you're just, like, it's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. Like, I'm not going to think about this, and your karma is going to come to you. I cussed him out expeditiously. Then I blocked him on, not on Instagram, because you're going to see me rise, child. But I blocked his number and all that, and I put him in restricted, because I was just like, that's nasty. Why would you keep somebody's nudes after a full year? It's been a hot year since we spoke. And you're not only did you keep my nudes, but like you still look at them and you still do things. You still jerk off to them. I don't like that. I that so that objectively is the worst thing a white man has said to me. Um yeah, that particular guy has said so much wild shit to me, but a lot of it I have to be really careful how I talk about it because it's just, like, so nutty. And, like, honestly, I would rather bury it in the depths of my mind. So, next question is, how'd you process getting dumped after being intimate with that person and still having feelings? You're not gonna like the answer, but the truth is, the only thing that heals these things is time. And sometimes it takes longer than others. And sometimes it's not even time that heals it. It's just meeting somebody else and meeting somebody better. Because I feel like our feelings kind of, it's like energy, like energy transfers from thing to thing. It never really dies. So the love that you have, I think it just transfers from person to person. And honestly, if that person is being shitty to you, use that as motivation to move on to the next like each time they're shitty just imagine it's them chipping away at any feeling that like you had for them and the fact that they dumped you should be like 50% of the chipping done okay so it's hard but like just feel those feelings and like don't try to suppress them if your mind wanders and you think about him okay or I don't know you said somebody but if your mind wanders and you still think about them and you still imagine them go ahead but also know that that's a point of grieving and not to use it as like you're reigniting this thing like don't use that as motivation to reignite it but use it as a part of the grief you know what I'm saying so on to the next page somebody said coming off passive aggressive how do you resolve it love you with all my heart I also love you too baby um you know for me realizing that I was being passive aggressive happened when I finally became self-aware so the fact that you're self-aware enough to realize that you're passive aggressive um and like I would have these moments where I would say something right like especially like with men so I've obviously harbored a lot of hatred towards men in my heart. (laughs) Why shouldn't I? See? 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 So I obviously harbor a lot of hatred with men in my heart sometimes. So I would meet guys and I I would want to get to know them. But when I open my mouth, the first thing that comes out is something like super negative and super off putting. And I would just like kind of clamp shut and like shut down and then because like they'd be turned off like you it it shifted the mood like it just shifted the mood like my passive aggression shifted the mood so as I realized like that was a problem I didn't know how to like nip it in the bud and I low-key like still don't like it's something that like I think I just practice a little bit more trying not to say negative things out loud 
or passive aggressive things out loud. But when I do slip up and I say something passive aggressive, I literally, right after I say it, I say, I'm so sorry. That was super passive aggressive. Let me take that back and I'm going to say what I really want to say. Like that. Straight up like that. That transparent. Because everybody has issues and like, and I think it matters that like we're working on our issues and that we're actively like trying to put better energy out there. So if you slip up, just be like, hold on a second. That's not what I meant to say. That was actually really passive aggressive. I take it back. Let me say what I was trying to say. And I think that makes you a better communicator and it makes me makes you more honest, like overall. So that's literally what I do because, child, it's hard not to be passive aggressive, the fuck? And then somebody said, I've been single celibate for years. And for some reason, I feel very uncomfortable around it right now, about it right now. First of all, there's nothing wrong with being celibate. Okay. Everybody out here who's in these streets spreading their coochies around, they're hussies. You're not a hussy. Okay. You're going to heaven. You got a one-way ticket to heaven because you keep your legs closed. Jesus loves you, okay? Um, But on a serious note, there's nothing wrong with being celibate. I know, like, who child? This this a lot because this is the thing. Like, I'm not celibate right now. Am I? No. I mean, kind of, but not by choice because I haven't, because I... Hmm, how do I even, like, start this off? I like somebody, okay? So, like, obviously, I don't really want to have sex with other people. Um, Even though, I mean, I'm young and I shouldn't be having sex with other people. Either way, it's just I'm the type of person, if I have sex with you, I'm going to have feelings. So, that is the problem. Um, And sometimes, like, I get, like, so wound up because, like, I want to feel that intimacy with somebody. I want to be with someone. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, why is... Like, I'll watch, like, some of my friends, like, close friends' story, and they're like, I was fucking this guy, and I'm like, how are you guys having sex so easily? <laughs> how is that happening for you? So, like, I feel like I'm missing out on something. Um, when in reality, like, I know that what I really want is a deeper connection. And just having sex with some random guy to, I was going to say to maybe get an orgasm, that ain't happening. We know these boys is not doing it. <laughs> they not doing it. <laughs> So, okay. Um, but, um, but like, I do, I also understand like feeling uncomfortable and like, it's kind of like this discomfort in your skin. Cause you're just like, I want it, but like, is it worth it? Do I care really? Or do I just feel like left out? I think at the end of the day, just remember why you did it. Whether it's a religious reason, whether it's to prove something to yourself, whether it's because you're holding out for a more deeper connection because you know if you fuck other people, you're going to catch feelings and then you're going to be a problem. So if that's why you're doing it, what remember whatever you're doing it for. And at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself. So if you're feeling uncomfortable because of like what your peers are doing, just remember why you started doing what you did, like why you started being celibate. And I'm pretty sure you have a good reason. So I'm not celibate. Like, like, you know, like I made this vow to myself. I did this, whatever, but I'm not fucking. Okay. Which can be very sad for me sometimes. Okay. Especially when, okay. 
Okay. Um, but I have to remind myself that like, I don't want these empty connections anymore. And I could go out on the street and get some deep, but what I really want is love and I want affection and I want someone. I want a real connection. So I have to remind myself of that every time I start feeling like, why aren't I having sex? Like I'm so young and I'm so hot and I, she got that, she get that gluck gluck 3000. Like why is she not out in these streets acting a fool? But then I remember that the streets are cold and dangerous and the men are mean in the streets. So she wants to be safe in the comfort of a husband and a home. Okay. So that's what I have to remind myself. But yeah, I hope that answered your question. The next person said, um, tips on starting over in a new city. So I'm going to turn this question into basically how to make friends. <laughs> because it's kind of the same thing. I'm assuming that like this question is to make connections and to meet people that you have things in common with. Um, as you get older, you will see that it's very difficult to make new friends. Like, it's not like in school how, like, the teachers literally force you to be friends with each other. Mm, No, that's not happening. Um, and I think, like, sometimes it's just hard because, like, you don't necessarily want to mix work with your private life. Or maybe you're not even in an environment where you're going to meet people your age or you have things in common with. Um, so the only advice that I can give is if somebody invites you out, say yes say yes. It might be shitty or it might be the best night of your life. Okay. So I would do that. Um, if somebody invites you out, say yes. If you're not comfortable, leave. Like kind of don't feel obligated to anything. And that includes don't feel obligated to the thought that don't, am I saying the right thing? Don't feel obligated or don't feel confined to the thought that because you don't have anybody to do anything with not to go out because that's a slippery slope. So even if you don't have anybody to do anything with, go out, go out to a bar, go out, have dinner by yourself, get to know your city and eventually you will meet people. And I mean, like, this is the thing, like sometimes you have to be a little intrusive because if you're out by yourself and you're at a bar, most of the times people are there with their friends. So literally just like, sorry, be like, oh, hi, is somebody sitting here? Oh, no, okay, cool. Sits down. Oh, so where are you from? Literally just start talking to people. I know that sounds really scary and really hard, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Like, I used to force myself to, well, I mean, I still do, but it's not so much forcing now, now I can just do it. But I used to force myself to go out to, like, bars alone. And, like, not, like, on, like, a busy Saturday night, but, like, on a Friday evening. And I would, like, get myself dinner, get myself a drink, sit down next to people, not alone, sit down next to people, um, start talking to the bartender. And like what I've noticed was when you start talking to the bartender, cause you're like facing the bartender and most people are trying to get the attention of the bartender. Most of the time it kind of creates like a triangle of conversation. So like, even though they are, their most attention is on the bartender, they will pay attention to you because you're next to them and because you have the line of communication at that point. So then most of the time they'll say something to you because they feel awkward saying just something to the bartender and nothing to you. 
So that's an option. Um, or you can be the person to say something to the other person um, and just like start small. Like, hey, how are you? Um, where are you from? That always works and leads to a nicer conversation. Um, also doing things that you actually like to do, like signing up for like events or volunteering or um, classes, like a pottery class is a great way to meet, meet new people. Um, there was also a question here about how to meet guys not on dating apps because we all know the dating apps are the devil. But I would say like literally join classes or activities that are not with people that you know that you enjoy doing. So if you like to paint, join a painting class. If you like to run, run, join a running group, okay? Or like if you like theater, join a local theater because you're going to find people that like the same things that you like or like a movie club or a book club. I mean, a book club is going to be like mostly women. Like let's not even lie to ourselves. But, but if you, the things that you like to do, do them. And you will meet people that are like-minded, that like the same things that you do. And maybe you'll meet a friend. Um, At the very least, you'll meet a friend. Um, Or maybe you will meet a crush or something like that. So I would say, like, do things that you actually want to do first. Like, and you will meet people. Because, like, we all were forced to go to school and to, like, go to work. But the things that we do on our own that we actually want to do I feel like that's where like we kind of show our best selves because like we actually enjoy it so those are my tips those are divine's tips okay I felt like a times out article just now okay um somebody said feeling like a bum aimless in early career girl low-key same um I had the hardest time finding a job. I've been out of college since 2019 and I just got a job, a contract job that I low-key thought was going to turn it turn into a long-term thing, but it has not. I'm very sad about it. Um even though I get glowing remarks and reviews and all that. So, I'm about to be looking for a job again. I mean, not about to be. I am actively looking for a job. And it's very scary. Like, we're, like, facing a recession. A bitch is scared. A bitch is scared. And I've gotten used to making good money. <laughs> I can't go back. <laughs> I can't go back to being a pal, okay? So, I, like, I feel your pain. I really feel your pain. Um, but I think we can only control the things that we can control. The things that are out of our control, we can't think about that. So if you're applying for jobs and you're trying your best and you're not getting them, I wouldn't necessarily beat up myself over that because you're not the one doing the hiring at the end of the day. But if like your resume looks like shit, you can definitely change that. If you don't have good references, you should definitely change that to your friends' names and numbers. Okay? Thank you. Um... And, like, if you're not applying, you should change that. You should apply to more jobs. So, but it's hard. Like, overall, like, finding a job is fucking hard and it's stressful. And it's going to take a toll on your confidence. That shit is going to mollywop you. Any ounce of confidence that you thought you had in yourself, out, out. Like, I feel like the job search is literally just there to whoop your ass. So don't feel like a bum because you're not a bum. Because this is honestly the design of it. I think it's to discourage us and it's really hard. And I know like it seems like a lot of people our age have a lot going on. Um, 
yeah like a lot of people always look like they have a lot going on and like I fall into the pressures of that all the time like I'm just like I'll see somebody doing really well and I'm like oh my god yeah they're definitely in their 30s no they're younger than me I want to die when I see these things and I try not to take it personally because I'm like we all have different paths where that's like my mantra when I start stressing out over somebody young just accomplishing so much in their little life and I'm not jealous but like I'm not jealous. I'm more so like looking at myself like, what is you doing, bitch? Get up, get your ass up and work. Nobody wants to work these days. I literally have to like pull myself into like a tiny mental corner and be like, nobody has the same path. Nobody has the same path. You've tried your darndest. You've worked hard. You can't control these things unless you're not working hard enough, which you are. Like I have to remind myself that like everybody has a different path. We're all doing different things and comparison is the thief of joy okay so don't do that and just you know do the things that you can do and don't beat yourself up over the things that you can't do because it's just not worth it it's just not worth it like it's really not because at the end of the day like you beat yourself up over not having a job does that help you on your job search no in fact it probably makes you lay in bed and cry for a couple hours which you could have been using to look for a job you know what i'm saying or at least having fun or something. Um, how to let go of a boy who made you feel little, but you still tried to be the one for him. Mm, he's shitty. Okay. He's a shitty boy. Okay. Um, I think sometimes... I go through this too I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves that or I think sometimes we have to face the fact that we love people more than we love ourselves and like that's kind of what this question is giving me because it just sounds like you were dealing with somebody ungrateful and you probably did a lot for them they did very little they took advantage of it they took it for granted they did all those things And all of those things, to me anyways, point to loving somebody more than you love yourself. And I always think that's a dangerous thing because it's always going to lead to people taking advantage of you. And whenever, like, that happens to, like, my friends or, like, to me, I kind of have to remind myself that at the end of the day, I think we have to remind ourselves that that person had a choice. That person had the choice of either taking your love and being responsible with it and taking care of it and nurturing it or taking advantage of it and they decide to take advantage of it. So if that's the kind of person you're dealing with, that's not the kind of person you want to be dealing with. And I know it's hard because like we love people and we don't know why we love them, but we do. I think we just have to like remind ourselves that it ends. At the end of the day, like the love you have for this person is going to end. You're going to wake up one day and you're not going to feel it anymore. And hopefully it's going to go to somebody more responsible with your love, more caring with your love, and more appreciative and deserving of it. But it's not going to go away overnight. Like, I think a lot of the time we want to, like, girl boss our way out of healing properly. We want to, like, girl boss gaslight, pussy pop our way out of, like, feeling the emotions that we need to feel. And it's just, that's not how it works. It takes time. It takes, like, literally the seven stages of grief, but in love. And that's how we get over things. So give it time and remind yourself daily that this person is a shithead. 
You'll get over him in no time. Okay? Um, how to remember that there are still guys out there who want you. This is literally what I struggle with. I was telling my friend the other day, because we both, like, were in, like, similar spots. And she said to me, <laughs> she said to me, she was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be with anybody else. Not in a good way. She was like, I don't think I'm ever going to love anyone again. And she was saying that, if you hear like a weird mumbling in the back, it's my mother downstairs being loud for no reason. But she said, she was like, I'm not going to be in love until I'm like 60. And I was like, no, that's not true. Like, you're so beautiful. Like, I love you. Like, people who don't love you, like, they're fucking dumb. Like, they're dumb. Like, what the fuck? Like, you're not going to be single until you're 60. You're going to be in love and married and happy when you're 60. Like, what are you talking about? And, like, I was, like, going in. And, like, I was, it was so funny because at one point I told her, I was like, LOL, if you tell me this shit when I'm saying I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, I won't even think about using my talking points against me. Okay? But I say that, too. Like, when I, when somebody, like, shits on my heart or, like, when I feel like something isn't going anywhere, I'm just like, damn, like, I'm really going to be alone for the rest of my life. And I'm like, because nobody else is going to want me. Like, no one else is going to want me. Like, and I think, like, sometimes that's why I hold on so tight to things that aren't working out. Ooh, I'm reading myself right now. I hold on so tight to things that aren't working out because I'm like, what if this is, like, the last person on earth who's ever going to want me? And, like, I have that fear, but, like, at the end of the at the end of the day, we don't know who we're going to meet. Like, we really don't. We don't know who's coming around the corner. We don't know who's coming around the bend. And I think the reason why I feel like that sometimes is because, like, in that moment, I'm, like, so in love and, like, enraptured in this person that I can't, I physically cannot imagine that there is anybody else in the world for me at this moment. Like, you are all that I see. Like, I see love in you. I see a life with you. I see our babies. I see our wedding. Like, it's at that real moment, like, I genuinely, and it's true that, like, we can't see ourselves loving anybody else or anybody else loving us. All the time, I'm just like, I really, I'm like, am I going to be alone forever? Is this just going to happen forever? I hate to think about it because when I think about it, I cry. (laughs) If I think about it, I'll cry. So I try not to think about it. And like, because I go down that thought, I go down that road and I'm just like, oh my God, am I really going to be alone for the rest of my life? This is such a reiteration. Like everybody's finding love in real life, on dating apps, doing things that that are just everyday things and they're finding love in that way and then here I am trying my hardest trying to be a person who exists and is social and is fun and you mean to tell me like nobody is attracted to me nobody approaches me nobody okay let me clear that up people approach me they're I'm not into it okay nobody my type up to my standard, approaches me. Like, I'm not settling for the muck. I'm not doing it. And I think because I'm a bigger girl, these guys, a lot of times, like, I get guys who are so offhand, go away from me, approach me. And I think they think that I'm going to settle because I'm fat. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I don't have to struggle just because I'm a fatty. And I'm not, I refuse to do it. 
Okay. I'm fat, but I can lose that fat. And I have probably the prettiest face on earth. So you can suck my dick. I'm not settling just because I'm fat, bitch. It's not happening. Okay. And especially like, you at least have to be at the same emotional and financial standard that I am at. Why would I settle below that? That's crazy to me. I'm not doing that just because I'm a fatty. It's not happening. So, you know, a lot of times, like, I'm just like, maybe I'll just never find somebody. Maybe I'm just going to be the auntie. Like, maybe that's just my role in this life. Maybe my role in life is to be this podcast person who is so helpful to all these girls. And I give them hope. And I talk about the things that they're scared to talk about. I give them comfort. And maybe I'm just never going to get the love that I want. Maybe I'm just never going to get that. Because nobody ever, like, wants me in the way that I want them. Like, maybe that's just what it's going to be. I'm so close to just ending the podcast here. I'm not though. I'm not though. I'm so close to just ending it here. Cause I, I, I feel like it's so depressing to think about. Like I feel a wave of depression trying to crash into me and I'm like mentally, I'm like, Oh bitch. No, you're not. But the other day I was thinking and I was like, you know, maybe it's a good thing that nobody approaches me. Because I do think that the person that I want is out there. I think they exist. I think they're very real. I don't think they're dead for now. So I was like, maybe it's a good thing that people don't approach me because I fall in love so easily. And I can very easily see myself falling for somebody who's not good because they paint a pretty picture up, like up, up like at face value and like that the thing is like I I, I'm actually thinking about this like in a very extreme way because I don't I actually don't fall for a lot of bullshit with men I don't like when when guys actions don't match their words don't fall for it I'm not falling for it so that's why I know if I ever end up with the wrong guy it's gonna be severe because I don't fall for the shit like, I can spot a liar from a million miles away. There's little things that guys do that, like, I catch on it. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be a bigger problem in the long run. I'm going to leave you alone. There's a little bit of mischievous here. Like, there's a little bit of, like, conniving. Like, there's a bit of bad energy here. Like, I can feel that right away. So that's why I know that, like, if I ever end up with the wrong person, it's given Ted Bundy. So I'm like, you know, maybe it's a good thing that like I'm there's nobody coming my way because there if anybody's coming my way, if 10 guys are coming my way, nine of them or all 10 of them might be the wrong guy and the 11th guy is the right guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I had to kind of like reframe that the other day because I was like, that's true. Like I want attention. I want connection. I want affection. I want to fuck. But I don't want to put up with dealing with a shitty person or dealing with heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak just to kind of like numb a very achy part of me and not not even to numb it all the way because it's not the genuine thing that I want, you know? Did I answer your question? Don't know. Moving on. Um, Took a left turn. <laughs> Okay, somebody, so many of y'all say eyeliner tutorial. I think I started off saying that. Um, who's my favorite Kardashian? Oh, this is such an unpopular opinion, but Kendall. I like Kendall because she's quiet and because she low-key minds her business and she's kind of mean. And I like her house. 
I can spot Kendall Jenner's house in any magazine. I am in love with that girl house, okay? And this, this same person is so funny. They said, apparently Americans don't know what Luxembourg is. Do you? Yes, Luxembourg is a tiny little country. Don't you have, like, the highest per capita of rich people in the world? Um, it's, it's, I'm trying to remember where it is. Is it an Eastern European country? It's very small. I can see it on the map. It's, it's like where Finland is. It's not in the three fingers. It's not in the Netherlands, but it's like in that area. Um, I think it's landlocked. I remember that much. There might be a little lake or something like on the edge of it, but I remember that it's landlocked. Yes. Um, somebody also said, please share your happy, most happy moments when you were not in your dark feminine. I'm going to be real with you. I don't think I had a lot of happy moments when I was not in my dark feminine. I actually can't remember a happy moment when I was not in my dark feminine. I think I've felt the most happiest now that I'm in my dark feminine. Um, when I was in my masculine, I was extremely depressed. Only because I think I used my masculinity that I had in me as a shield of my emotions. It was giving toxic masculinity. Um, but now that I'm in my... I stepped into femininity and I felt very light and happy, but I feel like when I stepped into my dark feminine, which is like being bold and being honest and being in absolute control of myself and my wants and my needs, I'm a lot less stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a lot less stressed. I'm a lot less caring of what people think about me. Um, I am a lot less insecure. I feel extremely powerful in this place. And I feel extremely sexy. Like, it's crazy how, like, I've gone... Um, I think some people... I think some people feel extremely powerful in their masculine. And I just wasn't that person. I think at first I felt powerful in my masculine. But using it as a shield to hide my emotions and my feelings... I think that's when it like became very toxic for me. And I realized that the more I became more feminine, the more healing I did and the more in touch with my emotions I was. And that's not the case for everybody. That's not how it's going to work for everybody, obviously. But I, I genuinely think that I, I was always meant to be a feminine person. And I think it took me a long time to get here because, you know, I had a lot of like, I clearly did not get the love I deserved okay growing up um I really didn't and I think because of that like it took me a longer road to get here but I genuinely cannot remember being happy in my masculine when you when I read that comment actually weirdly enough I remembered my most sad moments and there were a lot of them when I was in my masculine. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot of happy memories from that time. And I know some of you are listening to this, like, what the fuck is she talking about? We're going to have that conversation one day. Longest relationship? Girl, two weeks. Two weeks. And he trying to get me to suck his dick in a car. No. That's when that ended. I went home and I cried. I was like 19. And my longest relationship is two weeks. I've had long ass situationships though. Um, and even then I'm like, that felt one-sided. I feel like you were just fucking me and we were in a situationship, 
yeah don't have the best track record never had like a real relationship I've talked about that before it's getting old now that I'm getting older um so yeah it's a bit of a not fun thing and honestly sometimes I feel a lot of shame about it because I'm you know you ask yourself like wow 26 years and nobody's ever wanted to be with me is something wrong with me um but once again that's one of those things if I think about it I'll cry so I just don't think about it um but yeah it you know it's no fun it's no fun but yeah so two weeks longest relationship um but besides that I answered all of the questions yay we go through it um, there were lots of I love yous, so I thank you for those. There were lots of, uh, beauty-related questions. I do not thank you for those. I'm not a beauty guru. I'll try, but make no promises. But yeah, I, I like this little episode. It was fun. It was a nice little breakup, like a nice way to break up the content. Um, but yeah, so glad we got through today's recording happy we got through it it's honestly been a long and stressful week and I'm glad I got through it it's only Wednesday but I I count it as a win um I have a really scary work deadline coming up so I'm a little stressed out about that um but but I'm excited to have a good time I'm excited to see friends I'm excited to you know, just vibe out. I'm I'm gonna when I tell you I'm going to get plastered this weekend. She's gonna get plastered. I got a crib in the city. Gonna be Ubering to and fro. Okay, no driving, not for me. Hopefully, getting some dick. Maybe, maybe not. We'd never know. Okay outfits on 10 she's gonna be a wreck this weekend and I'm okay with it I'm okay with that because I have spent so much of my life being careful and thinking that I did not deserve to have fun because I was fat because I was self-conscious because I didn't like myself so therefore I didn't deserve to have fun so now I'm gonna have all the fun I'm going to shake my ass. I'm going to drop this ass. Yeah. And maybe it might be dropped on a cock. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have all the fun. Imagine turning 21 and not drinking for like four years. Why? I really like... I... I, the word is not suppressed. It's, it's, I restricted myself a lot in everything. You know how like a lot of times like when people have eating disorders, they talk about restrictive eating? Restrictive eating, restrictive partying, restrictive drinking, restricted fun. Just restricted fun. Like, I dislike myself so much. I was like, you're not allowed to have fun. Everybody else can have fun. You're not allowed. Like, that was how, like, I spoke to myself. So, now that we're in a better place, I'm having all of the fun. Divine is having fun. So much fun. Okay? 
so much fun. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like a new mom who's finally let out the house. We're having fun. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> How many times can I say so yeah? I need to stop. But um, yeah, so this is the end of the podcast, okay? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, follow me, please. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and follow me. Thank you. If you're listening, um, and leave a rating and review. Please leave a rating and review. I will love you forever, okay? Um, if you're listening on Spotify, leave a rating. If you're listening on Amazon, Google, whatever else, leave a rating if they have them. I don't know. Do they? Maybe if you're listening on YouTube, the secret word, the secret word, the the word of the day, the word of, oh my God, the word of the day is hedonistic hussy. Yeah. <laughs> hedonistic hussy. That's the word of the day, girl. Um, that's so funny. Uh, and if you're, if you're new here, follow, subscribe, like, click that notification bell so you can be notified every time I post. And yeah, it's a party here. It's a tea party. Um, it's really fun. Our audience is small, but we're growing. And I, and I like that, like we're at a tea party where it's a tea party and maybe one day it'll be the queen's gathering, you know, maybe one day it'll be as like a large crowd as like, like a royal wedding or something. But for now, it's a tea party. And I kind of know a lot of you guys by face and name. And I really, I really like that. So yeah, today was a fun episode. I will see you later. Oh, wait, no. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Vinephilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. Same for the Twitter, Vinephilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. And the TikTok is defiled, D-P-H-I-L-E. I'm a F-R-E-E. Fuck, nigga, freak. That's my energy going into this weekend. Okay? Alrighty. I love you. Have a wonderful week. I hope you have fun. I hope you get the love you deserve. And I hope you don't let no ain't shit little poo head make you feel like crap about yourself. Okay? You are deserving of the love you deserve. Of the love that you want. I love you. Goodbye. Mwah.